Well, here it is, Sunday, April 5th, 2020, which for the Christian uh, calendar is Palm Sunday. Now, COVID-19 has put all of the world into one group, and that's kind of rare. We are all together struggling against this pandemic. Even more isolated, isolated nations have not been able to keep the virus from spreading into their countries. It is not often that something can make all the world feel like they are on the same team. The amount of division that exists between continents and nations and regions and people groups, division that usually dictates how humans around the world interact with and view each other, holds no sway over such an indiscriminating disease. When it comes to this, all people are in the same boat. There is another, more positive way that all humans are in the same boat. Today, as I said, is Palm Sunday. This is the day we remember the triumphal entry that Jesus made into Jerusalem at the beginning of the Passion Week, the last week of Jesus' life before his crucifixion. So we're going to use John's version of this story this year as it highlights the way that the kingship of Jesus puts all people in the same boat. I want to read now from John chapter 12, and this will be verses 12 through 19. The next day, the large crowd that had come to the feast heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, So they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him, crying out, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the King of Israel. And Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it, just as it is written, Fear not, daughter of Zion. Behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. His disciples did not understand these things at first, but when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things had been written about him and had been done to him. The crowd that had been with him when he called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to bear witness. The reason why the crowd went to meet him was that they heard he had done this sign. So the Pharisees said to one another, "'You see that you are gaining nothing.' Look, the world has gone after him. Palm Sunday, the triumphal entry, is about the arrival of a king to his city. Now this particular arrival by Jesus to Jerusalem had been anticipated for a long time. It had been prophesied about in the Old Testament. The entrance of the kingdom of God into the world of people, particularly the people of Israel, the Jewish people, was a theme highlighted throughout the prophetic books in the Old Testament. Particularly, this shows up in the second and third parts of Isaiah, but in many other places as well. This kingdom that the people of God had been looking forward to would be characterized by God's rule, which would bring peace 
and plenty for all. Each of the each of the gospel accounts of the entrance of Jesus into Jerusalem uh, highlights uh, a couple of Old Testament texts, Psalm 118 and Zechariah 9. And they are here also used in this scene to make it clear that many people considered and hoped the coming of Jesus to Jerusalem at Passover would be the inauguration of that long-waited-for kingdom. The arrival of King Jesus was uh, bolstered by enthusiasm about what Jesus had done with Lazarus. The resurrection of this friend of Jesus as he was on his way to the city of Jerusalem for Passover fed the hope, according to John, that the Messiah had come. They would probably be thinking something like this. If Jesus can raise the dead... Surely he has the power of the Messiah to free us from Roman rule and to establish the kingdom that we've been waiting for. We also see with the arrival of this king, King Jesus, into Jerusalem, we see this kind of building into a nationalistic fervor, a hope for Israel, the nation, seems to be in the minds of the revelers who gathered around Jesus after Lazarus' resurrection and those coming out of the city to meet him who had heard about this. Certainly the hope is that Jesus has the ability to cure what ails this nation, to bring back their independence, to reestablish them as a major player on the world scene. But John presents Jesus as a king that transcends nations. So we see here the arrival of a king, but we have to ask the question, based on what we read in the Gospel of John, a king for whom? You see, at the end of the passage that we read in verse 19, The Pharisees who are watching all this and probably, well, not probably, we know they are watching this with hatred in their hearts for Jesus, say, you see that you are gaining nothing. Look, the world has gone after him. Now, although this was probably coming from their mouths, uh, an exaggeration on on their part, it's used by John more literally. We see in the previous chapter, John chapter 11, John gives us a commentary that indicates that this is true. In John chapter 11, after Jesus had raised Lazarus from the dead, the Jewish leaders, the religious leaders, plot to kill Jesus. And in verse 49, we read this, But one of them, Caiaphas, who was high priest that year, said to them, You know nothing at all, nor do you understand that it is better for you that one man should die for the people, not that the whole nation should perish. 
He did not say this of his own accord, but being high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus would die for the nation, and not for the nation only, but also to gather into one the children of God scattered abroad. So here we have John's commentary on what Caiaphas had said, indicating that Caiaphas didn't mean it this way, but God meant it this way. That the death of Jesus would not only be a benefit to the nation of Israel, but that it would be a benefit to God's children everywhere. And this is confirmed even more in John by the fact that the very next verses in John 12, right after the triumphal entry and right after the Pharisees say, see, the whole world has gone after him, we read that uh, among those who went up to worship at the feast were some Greeks. And they came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and asked him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip went and told Andrew. Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus. And Jesus answered them, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. It's no coincidence in John's telling that this happens right after uh, the Pharisees say the whole world has gone after him. Now there's no conclusion given by John to this episode. We don't know if these particular Greek individuals got an audience with Jesus, got to see Jesus, but John is using this to declare, to prompt Jesus' declaration that his time has now arrived, that nations are, are gathering around him, seeking him, and so his time has come. We also see that the, the kingship of Jesus extends beyond the nation of Israel in the words that Jesus says soon after this. Verse 27 of John 12 says, Now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? But for this purpose I have come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. <clears throat> then a voice from heaven came, I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. The crowd stood there and heard it said that it had and the crowd that stood there and heard it said that it had thundered. Others said, An angel has spoken to him. Jesus answered, This voice has come for your sake, not mine. Now is the judgment of this world. Now will the ruler of this world be cast out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. So here we have even Jesus himself making this declaration. He has come to glorify the Father. And this will happen through his death in that all people will be, will be drawn to him when he is crucified. Not that every person will be drawn to Jesus, but that people from everywhere will be drawn to him. In this, then, we see that all people around the world are in the same boat. Jesus is the king of a kingdom that encompasses every nation, 
and people and tongue. A nation that does not care about our artificial borders, our disparate cultures, or our various languages, because they all belong to him. So what then do we do with this on this Palm Sunday 2020? Well, Palm Sunday is about appropriately receiving and celebrating the King. So I would encourage you to embrace the kingship of Christ. If Jesus really is the King of the kingdom that God had promised, then he is owed our allegiance, our fealty, our obedience, our honor, and our worship. How is Jesus' kingship acknowledged in your life? Do you live your lives in recognition of the authority that he has over you? Do you celebrate his goodness? Does your understanding of his kingship lead you to worship and obey him? Are you seeking to live by the standards of his kingdom over whatever earthly kingdoms of which you happen to be a part? Does your life ring out with shouts of Hosanna, indicating that your hope lies with this good king? May we be reminded of the kingly place Jesus has in our lives this Sunday. But there's another thing that I think we need to understand and we need to embrace, not just the kingship of Christ in our life, but the global nature of the kingdom of God. This virus forces us to see that all humans have the same needs. The coming of Christ forces us to see that all humans are part of God's plan for his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. May we see beyond the artificial boundaries humans have erected and embrace the global character of the kingdom of God. May we see that our fellow citizens, our sisters and brothers, come from every corner of the world and they look and talk and act different than us. But we are all the special object of Christ's love. Jesus died and rose again so that all who believe in him, no matter where they come from, will have a place with him. May we see and love the universality of Christ's kingdom, and may we reflect it in the way that we receive and love all people. Let's pray. Lord God, we do not recognize your kingly rule in our lives enough. Help us to see the allegiance that we owe to you above all else. Help us to seek to obey you in everything we do. Help us to keep in mind our need, our call, to worship you and you alone. And help us, Lord, to see that your kingdom extends beyond what we can see, what we can know, 
and reaches every corner of this world. May we, as citizens of the kingdom of God, recognize the citizenship of that kingdom in all other people. May we not limit it to certain groups, but may we extend it as you do to every person who is alive. May we see all people as a special creation of you, as a special object of your love. And may we love as well. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.